Hello and welcome to Totem Talks. I'm Helen Fruin. I'm Mark Smith. And today we are talking about customer experience. We are indeed. This is a slight change from our scheduled broadcasting schedule of schedules, people. It is, yes. We did say when we sent out the 2022 list of podcasts, we said, look, if you want to see us doing something different or you want to give us feedback on on topics you're interested in, let us know. So thank you for letting us know that, uh, and it was the one around psychometrics that people were a bit like, actually, you know what, we've, we've done a lot in psychometrics. Um, a lot of people interested in the internal customer piece, the external customer piece, business partnering, all kind of mushing together. Now we are doing business partnering separately. So we're talking today specifically about customer experience. So I'm gonna steal Daniel Pink's little gimme here, and that is two in 10 people work in sales, and so do the other eight. Absolutely. That's his little book title, that's the blurb on his book. Now I'm going to suggest that two in 10 people work in customer service. Mm-hmm. And so do the other eight, mm-hmm. particularly the internal piece. For me, even even someone you know with my finance hat on, I have internal customers, and I know when I do a bad job. Right, and even like the contact that you have with our clients, mm. you know, you might say, well, that I'm their customer because they owe me money <laughs> and they and they need <laughs> yeah. to pay me, but also they're your customer. And I I do think to your point about essentially ten out of ten people working customer service. The mindset that everyone is a customer, everyone needs something from us, everyone would prefer a good service, Mm -hmm. regardless of what we're doing. And I also think this comes to when we are the customer, be a good customer. It makes all the difference to your experience of customer service as well. That is very true. I mean, that's, that's the art to being a good customer is an interesting one. So I've often railed against the fact that it's the loudest, moaniest mm. person who gets what they want. Mm-hmm. And the person at the back of the queue, quietly just standing and waiting, often is, you know... Not prioritised. Not prioritised. And I understand the mechanics and the dynamic of that particular situation. However, uh, I think over the course of 20 years of, of attempting to be a better customer... I can say on balance, it's benefited me mm. uh, quite heavily sometimes, in fact. Uh, so, yeah, there, there is a skill to being a customer as well. But we're, we're, are we going to... We are definitely going off topic. Yes, we are. <laughs> Welcome to Totem Talks. <laughs> Welcome everybody. to Totem Talks. Always going off topic. There we go. There's our strap line. <laughs> so the topic for today was more about the, the person providing the customer service, internal or external, because Correct. it's all the same. Mm-hmm. Um how do we help people? The question I'm being asked a lot at the moment, because we've, in Totem for what, 12 years, we've skirted around customer service. Sometimes we've been directly asked to run customer service programs. Sometimes we've been asked to do customer complaint handling. Uh, increasingly with the business partnering piece, we've touched on customer service there. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are finding this year we're getting much more of a request for internal and external customer service programs. And so... Again, as per feedback on the podcast, good to talk about, well, how do we run those programs? How do you change the behavior of your people to be more customer oriented? Sure. Why do you think we're getting more requests for the customer service piece? I would go with the fact that the world has come back from COVID and people want stuff. People want services. They expect people's expectations during COVID changed because you did everything online everything moved to a quicker turnaround. 
So customer expectations have changed. Businesses need to catch up to that. And also because people are wanting to, even with the cost of living crisis, which I think in in pockets, we're we're not really seeing much of that cost of living crisis. What Mm. we're seeing is more of your middle class people going out and saying, I want to buy more stuff. I want to go and have more experiences because I've been locked inside for two years. Mm. Perfect. Oh, and one of the reasons we are particularly excited about this is because we do have a new team working behind us at the moment. Mm -hmm. And one of those young ladies, Mel, is um, particularly good at this. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's very exciting. It's very, very exciting to be able to bring in uh, some new expertise to offer to our clients. So high five, Mel, if you're listening. Absolutely. And it's so brilliant working with Mel because her experience is in the travel industry. So talking right now in June 2022 about customer service in the travel industry she used to train people on how to cope with those frontline issues flights being cancelled people's holidays not being what they expected just horrific situations for a customer service person and she was up there training them on how to deal with it excellent so sorry we've digressed yet again let's go back to the how do you help your people become more customer orientated I have some ideas would you like to share some of no, your No, no, I'm going to listen to the wise one speak first. <laughs> well, as always, the um, the way that we do behavioural change at Totem is to start with empathy mm. and self-awareness. That was my first point, so damn it, you've stolen it. <laughs> we always talk about self-awareness. Uh, so we're all customers. We are indeed. So if I'm self-aware about what I expect as a customer and what I find annoying as a customer, now we're not all the same, so we can't just go down this, treat other people the way you like to be treated because everybody does have different preferences. Mm -hmm. At the same time, there are some core basics. So if I like to walk into a shop and not see a load of people chatting and not taking an interest in me, well, then why don't I think about that for providing customer service? So the self-awareness of what do I experience as a customer? What do I want as a customer? And then the empathy with, and what might my customer want from me and how do I serve them? That is the most powerful starting point. Mm -hmm. I think at this point, I would jump in also and and share that you are an advocate of of the customer at this point. So if you are dealing with a complaint, or, or even if you're not actually, you are advocating on behalf of the people who have just spent money with you or are about to spend money with you. And so what I find particularly good about John Lewis's customer service is, and I don't know if they, I, I would love to know how they're doing that. I really would. But whenever I have an issue with anything that I've bought from John Lewis, even when I've not, the speed with which the sales rep pivots to my point of view. Mm-hmm. And then I can not just through emails but you know verbal communication i can see that they're actively work working and walking with me mm-hmm. to try and resolve whatever issue it's not you know like whenever i ring a bank i feel like i'm just slamming into a, a brick wall and computer says no but with mm-hmm. with the more um people-centric customer service roles marks and spencers do it quite well as well you know that 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 sense that the the, the service rep is actually on your side mm. um you know, they're very quick to use your first name. They ask for permission to use your first name. Um, they introduce themselves. It's it, it's a it's a much more um, empathetic mm. um, way of influencing a customer who is perhaps about to have a meltdown into into one where that that meltdown is avoided and actually they they leave happier. And there are some stats mm-hmm. floating around on our website, in fact, 
So the stats are that when you are, uh, if, if you're just having a good, okay customer experience, you don't tend to tell a lot of people about that. If you're having an amazing customer experience, you might tell a couple of people. If you have a bad customer experience, you tell a lot of people. Mm. The incredible shift is if you're having a bad experience and somebody then impresses you, so they manage your complaint well, you are likely to jump from what was before maybe an okay happy customer to a much happier customer. Uh, what Mel uh, describes as the ouch to wow, mm. when you've had an ouch, if somebody can turn that around for you, you are like doubly impressed by that customer service. So then the chances of you getting good ratings, getting recommendations, getting repeat custom are really high because you dealt with complaints well, which would suggest that how we deal with complaints is even more important than how we do everyday service. Absolutely. And just to put a pin in that, a thought's occurred to me. Do you think that that experience and, and that data supporting that is actually because the customer's on their own personal hero's journey. Interesting. So the the hero's journey is, you know, you you have a a bit like any movie ever ever written. You know, there is a there is a character who is central to the story. In this case, a customer buying a fridge, and the, you know the the outcome presumably is for the customer to buy a fridge. If that all happens seamlessly and linear. There's nothing memorable. It's a, a very flat experience, but right. the, the power of a movie is when you go on that high, this, this okay, we're going to start off on an adventure. There's a call to action. There's I'm going to buy a fridge. There's a call to action. I'm going to buy a fridge. And then it goes wrong. It goes wrong. Always something goes wrong. And then you need to have a little montage at the bottom of the, the pit where where the person, you know, where this, the central star is thinking, actually, I just want to tap out here. I do not want this fridge anymore. Take it back. And then you have your montage. John Lewis saves the day. John Lewis steps in, saves the day. A girl called Abby makes it all perfect again. And then boom, you have your fridge. And I think because of that emotional journey that you go on, do you think that's actually what that makes is a driving, sense. driving that particular start? Yeah, because you are, one, it's a far more memorable experience because of that emotional connection. Without um, high emotions being involved, it's not going to be so memorable. So if you are you know, seeing your friends at the weekend... What story are you going to share? You're mm. going to share the memorable emotive story. So that does make a lot of sense. In terms of being more delighted, I guess then yes as well. If you've been on a linear journey, you don't see that you've been treated that well. But if you've hit that pit mm. and somebody's helped drag you up from that, you, you feel that somebody's really, as you described, being on your side, being an advocate, being an ally, uh, it's going to make a big difference. So maybe an important point to remember there dear listeners that you are if you've got a rather snotty customer in front of you you are potentially in that montage moment in a movie where you're the the new trainer you're going to step in the rocky music plays mm -hmm. and over the course of 30 seconds worth of fast clips obviously in real life it will take a lot longer you know you're going to be the one saving the day if, if you're recognizing that you're that person you know, how does that change your approach to customer service in that particular moment? And what a difference, right? All of us coming to work every day with it's like kind of, oh, there's another day, let me check my emails, blah, 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 blah. To coming to work with, I have the opportunity to save someone's day. Yeah. You know, it is, it is within my gift to get somebody who's in that pit of despair and help them through that, to take them from a bad day to a good day. Like, what an incredible thing. If people are, oh, you know, I just work in customer service or I just do this or I just work in finance. No, you, you have the opportunity to make someone's day. Mm. 
to come into work with that mindset makes all the difference. Mm. Uh, and again, that's the opportunity with all of our work that we do in this space is to get people on that journey to think about, as you've described, how you're supporting someone through that hero's journey. Mm. Just coming back to your point about John Lewis, we do have some insights on that because when you are a world-class leader in customer service, as John Lewis is, they tend to get picked up for MBA case studies and people write articles on them. So a few insights as to how they do what you've described. Oh, excited. I'm going to, I'm going to sit back, listeners, mm, and listen. Learn something. I, I shall listen along with you. One of their key policies or ways of working, and it, and it comes in everything they do, is to focus on the 99%, not the 1%. And what they mean by that is when people ask for something, a lot of the time organizations, but like banks, as you say, think about the 1%, the people who are trying to screw you over, the people who are going to do something wrong, the people who are asking for a refund and they shouldn't really have a refund because they broke it. A lot of our organizations focus on the 1%. So no, you can't have a refund because it's not got the tag on it. Or no, you can't change your... Uh, pay slip because you should have told us a month before and we we focus on the assumption that it's a negative or that the person is not being honest or truthful or loyal or all of those things hmm. john lewis have an absolute mantra to think about the 99 percent. so most people aren't trying to screw over john lewis most people aren't trying to get a refund when they shouldn't so let's just treat everyone as though that's them it's a good one. Um, just, I mean, that sums it up for me. I feel respected whenever I talk to somebody at Waitrose or John Lewis. Yeah. I feel like an absolute digit on the bottom line somewhere when I speak to my bank. Yeah. Huh. That's really simple. Mm. Incredibly powerful. And I love that when we've done customer service programs with our clients, that is a message that really sticks. I mm. remember when even 12 months later, people were saying, well, it's all about the 99%. It's as a message. It just stuck. It's just easy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Anything else? Uh, that's the key one with John Lewis. There's, sure. there's lots of other examples. Uh, for example, John Lewis and Disney have both got a big thing about getting teams together to do huddles and say, what are you noticing? So instead of it all being top down, you know, we're top management, we tell you how to serve customers. Actually, you're the front line. What are you seeing our customers need? What are their challenges? So empowering the front line to say, what do you notice? What can we improve? And also empowering them to say, and how will you improve it? Um, so there's lots of things they do, but I'd say that 99% is your big key mantra. Awesome. But then coming back to the the pit of despair mm. um, that thankfully I have only experienced with airlines recently. Um, how do you manage? How do you actually? So you're actually in the middle of a, of a, a poop throwing session with mm. a client or a customer. How do you manage that? How do you work through that? So. I mean, it's interesting talking to Mel about this, who's done this obviously in the travel industry and, and in a far more high intensity, high pressure situation. And I was telling her about my experiences with clients and, and what I found has worked for me. And we, we both came up with exactly the same structure, that it doesn't matter what the context is. Listening. Mm -hmm. We've got to understand what the issue is. Asking questions so we can find out more empathizing showing that we understand what they're saying clarifying our understanding so let me just check so this happened and this happened and then the empathy of oh my gosh that sounds like such a poor experience that you've had there's an apology there there's understanding there you know i'm so sorry to hear that this has gone this way you know i'm sorry for what i've done that's contributed to that whatever form that apology takes 
there's empathy, there's understanding, there's listening, there's asking questions. That's sort of the key starting point to establish where you are and essentially get what, what our win at this point is to get the customer to say yes. For example, if I say blah, 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 have I understood that correctly? And for you to say yes, one, you now feel heard and understood. Mm-hmm. That's incredibly powerful. Two, as we know from behavioral science, when you get somebody to say yes once, they're more likely to say yes again. So the fact that I've got you to say yes means you're more likely to say yes to, are you happy with this outcome? Can I interest you in more of our services? Whatever it might be. So it's a useful thing to get someone to say yes. The next thing that most of us miss in complaint handling is involving the customer in resolving the situation. So rather than me putting all the pressure on myself to go, oh my gosh, Mark's not happy. How do I make him happy? Maybe I should offer him discount. Maybe I should give him this, maybe this. Actually, Mark, what what would help you to make this situation better? How would you like to see this get fixed? Now, you might say something that I can't do. Fine. But at least I'm going to find out because often the customer's expectations are perhaps even lower than we would have been willing to go in the first place. Mm. So finding out, I remember one client who was on the phone to me, absolutely irate, can't believe this, blah, 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 absolutely unbelievable, not happy, not happy, not happy. And I said, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Totally see where we're at fault there. I'm so sorry we've done that. What can I do to make it better? And he said, oh, well, that. You've apologized. You've seen what you've done wrong. Job done. Wow. There was a time that Totem delivered less than stellar service. Yeah. I can't believe that. Yeah. I hope someone took you to task for that and gave you constructive criticism, uh, feedback. Uh, well it was you that made the issue so oh was it yeah was it oh no oh he's dropped a clanger there i can't believe i've forgotten that that's that's terrible that must have been years ago it was indeed it was years and years ago all right then um just one last thing to throw in there before we wrap this up absolutely make sure you have one representative working with the um customer the entire way through Mm. do not swap and change um the reason why i'm saying that is because i am trying desperately to return a too large a t-shirt to a supplier that I bought for my wife's birthday present. And I have spoken to three different people so far and it's cost me 10 quid and I've still got the same damn shirt on my desk. I'm doing my absolute best to be a good customer. However, but they're not helping. My rage face is yeah. not too far away. So Yeah, and we see that a lot with internal customer service that people get passed around. Like IT would be yeah. a classic, right? Classic. So you sent in a request to IT and they're like, oh, well, that's not my department. I'll pass you on to this person. And then by the time you've explained the problem five times. You just want to kill someone. I, I mean, it comes back to the avocation, right? Um, if you've got that, that sole, sole person within an organization who's effectively managing your case, um, they're taking responsibility for it. And I think it encourages you as the case handler to take greater responsibility for it as well. You can't just like, mm, sorry, not my department. Um I think that's that's been the easy get out for customer service for for decades now. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I don't think it cuts it anymore. No. And there's something about having your name to it. It's so mm-hmm. easy with like using the IT example, IT service desk at totem.com. Absolutely. It's so easy to just be a nameless, oh, well, that's not me. You need to speak to this person. Mm-hmm. Actually, if you had all of those systems come up with a person's name, their photograph, you know, I... I am telling you, mm. I can't help. 
Am I then going to take better ownership and say, but let me see who can help you. I'm going to hand that over for you. I'm going to organize that. I'm going to come back and make sure it's all worked. Mm. So actually coming all the way back to your question about what is good complaint handling and recognizing that if somebody's not happy the first time they contact you, that's already in the complaint space. Mm. Listening, asking questions, empathy, apology, clarifying, all of that great stuff involving the customer in what what's your view on this how would you like to see this get fixed taking the action and then indeed following up you've got to be able to go back and say did that work for you has that i fixed this thing with your it system is it now working is there anything else you need from me because without that extra follow-up for all you know the person's gone away and it's got even worse mm-hmm. perfect and somehow we're going to manage to detangle this from business partnering next month which is absolutely fine and easy because we is have it? an entire business partnering model. It's a whole piece about what it means to be a good business partner. Oh, I've seen that model. It's delightful. It makes a lot of sense. I believe I may have been involved in the creation of that. Your memory is doing very well today. Uh, it's so hot in here. Like my face is melting. It's not, <laughs> it's really, for the UK, it's one of the rare days where it's actually warm and um, it's not great to be in a recording studio right now. So let's. Um, disembark from the good ship Totem Talks and go and find a beer garden, shall we? Good plan. Thanks, everyone. Bye.